I am Lights Camera Jackson. Welcome to the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. This is a fun show. Super Giant Robot Brothers it premieres this Thursday, August 4th on Netflix. Joining me, the show's EP and director, Academy Award winner, Mark Andrews. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jackson. How you doing? Doing Thanks great. for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. So good to see you and excited to talk with you about the show. And, and I've seen the first couple episodes and I have to tell you, it has such a great cinematic feel to it. Oh, yeah. How did you want to bring a cinematic feel to this series? Well, I've, you know, I've done storyboards my entire, entire life and that's basically drawing cin- cinematography. So, and then I had a fantastic DP on the show, Enrico Targhetti, who is a live action cinematographer and also an unreal, you know, expert as well. So we just hit it off and it's a, such a dynamic show. And it's an action show with giant robots. You cannot do this with kind of bland cinematography, you know. So we wanted to really pump up the volume on this and and do stuff that you don't normally see in animation. So that's that's what you get. Yeah, and it feels like every kid's dream to see this come to life. Could you really feel that as you were making it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I grew up on all those old Japanese animated shows, Giant Robo, and and. And all those, you know, which were fantastic, you know, Johnny Sacco and, you know, all those things. So, yes, this was this was it's definitely within my wheelhouse being a sci fi, you know, animation, manga, anime nerd. So absolutely. Yeah. And just kids playing with robot toys and, and I'm around. waiting for my toys. Where's my shiny and thunder? I want I want I want all the stuff and I want all the kaiju, you know, sitting on my shelves. Yes, yes, they're battling it out, and and Shiny and Thunder are such well-defined characters right out of the gate. That there's, you know, you have the sibling rivalry, right? And and in the show, the oldest brother, Shiny, who, who was the first robot to, uh, created by a three-year-old, that's why he looks like a lollipop, right? But he's also three years old, so the whole arc of the show is him growing up and when you have a character that's going through such this transformative stage that's already has great potential then his younger brother who happens to be more mature because he's made by the same at uh, character alex rose but when she was 14 right so this is a badass teenager right who's who's a, a professional so you have this logic and you have this you know unchecked emotion battling it out against each other and who's the head robot that just leads into just a lot a lot of great character development throughout each episode yeah and alex i mean we see her as 13 14 years old but yep. also the three-year-old she's got to be the smartest animated character ever created. <laughs> she is she's she's the smartest person on the planet her she comes from very smart parents who get yep. uh sucked into this uh, black hole space anomaly uh, and disappear so now it's all up to her Right. And so she's this workaholic and, and you take somebody, somebody who's the smartest person in the world and you put them inside a teenage body. That is a volatile, volatile mix. Right. Somebody who's incredibly self-aware and is smarter than anybody else in, in, in the world. So she's fighting. There's a little missing childhood in her, you know, in this show. And she's a, essentially a single parent. And I love that aspect about it. You have this dysfunctional family, but we're really watching a single mom trying to raise these two robots, right, that are fighting all the time. Yeah, yes. And then you've got all the crazy action in the end. And, and then you've got, yeah, my bread and butter. <laughs> I watched a behind the scenes video that you were a part of at the making of the show, which is yeah. fascinating because you are using motion capture mm-hmm. and real time technology. It's it's unbelievable. Can you get into just a little bit about what goes into it? Because uh, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
with the advent of, you know, game engines becoming more and more powerful, what that gives creators is a tool to actually an animation working context for the first time, right? Traditional animation pipelines, even, the, you know, from 2D to 3D, um, you're working out of context. Everything is developed in a separate bucket, right? And then it's all brought together at the end and you get what you get. But at that point, changing things or even the aspect of discovery, right, kind of goes away because you haven't been working in context. What being in this Unreal Engine, we go onto a motion capture stage. I have my actors. They can be anything from a kaiju to a robot to a 14-year-old girl, right, and everything in between. And we can motion capture anything. Jets, cars, mites, bugs, laser beams. You can motion capture anything. So I, as a creator, a storyteller, am working within context. I see it on the stage, I see it in the monitor, and I could also have the virtual cameras. And in a virtual camera, I could be anywhere, anytime. So budgets, right? If I want my helicopter shot, I don't have to rent a helicopter. I am the helicopter shot, right? And I could also slow down time in this tool, right? The Unreal Engine, so I can do slow motion stuff or just filming something that's complex, like rolling around a punch until it hits a kaiju's face, I can slow down that footage and actually roll myself around that punch to get some super dynamic cinematography. So the Unreal Engine, this whole virtual production pipeline, allows me this great freedom, this iterative power of working in context. Wow. Dynamic is the perfect word. And there it are is. so many cool shots. There are the helicopter shots. And I like in episode two, it, it's some training involved with the characters and they're in this arena yeah. and it's so <laughs> slick. It's so cool. And all those movements really come in handy for a sequence like that, I bet. No, they absolutely do. And because we're chasing potential, right? So you have these giant robots in this training room, right? That's and they're 200 feet tall. So this training room is thousands of feet wide and, 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 and tall. And they're moving really fast. You know, they're not clunky robots, right? They're fast uh, moving robots. So it's really fun to, to, to play with that. And you just have all the tools at your disposal a lot faster in the process. I'm not waiting to the end to, to see it. I could plan and create stuff and even improvise in these moments, and that was one of the one of the scenes where we improvised. What does Shiny exactly do running on this parkour course, you know, for a robot? And we can have fun trying things out. And that's something you don't have in animation is I get to shoot coverage like an like an live action. So at the end of the, uh, the we took three days to, to to film an episode on the stage. Um, or to capture the episode on a stage and another uh, four to five days to actually shoot it with the camera. But once that's done, I'm walking away with 12 hours of footage for a 22 minute episode. So we have a lot of stuff to cut. And so the editorial process on this was super energized because my editors now have more footage than they could ever possibly imagine in a traditional sense. And so they had fun cutting stuff together and we can find that energy, right? A lot easier uh, uh, than we can from a traditional point of view or using a traditional pipeline. Wow, this is one of the most ambitious animated series I've ever learned about, Supergiant Robot Brothers. This Thursday, August 4th on Netflix, Mark Andrews, the director and EP, is with me on the LCJ Q&A podcast. You have so much to keep track of and along with comedy. There's so yeah. much comedy in the show. You have to keep track of punchlines and delivering jokes I mean, it's a lot. You're juggling a lot. But the fun thing about being in, in context is that 
I don't have to worry about a lot of it, right? We set them up from the script, right? And I get on the stage with my actors and we do, we do the pages, but I can see immediately if it's really working or not, right? And I can try new things. So you have this almost workshop improv-ness on the stage that you never get in animation. And, and actors being actors, they're going to try stuff too. And so giving them permission to play around Right. And we found a lot of material. You know, I would say a good 50% of the material came out of our banter and the improv on the stage. And I'm suddenly, this is the scene, not the thing that we just did that we wrote. This is now the scene, or this is, this is the gag that will dominate the scene now. And we just chase that down the rabbit hole, which usually, you know, gives us gold, right? The yeah. spontaneity we don't have in animation. Now we actually have it and I can, I can really, I'm a reactive director. So I see it, I react to it. I can say, this is it until we hear something better, right? And you just, you just open up and go with it. That was really, really fun to deal with. Wow, that is fantastic. And I recently spoke with Steve Purcell, the co-director of Brave. You won yeah, the buddy. award for Brave for the 10th anniversary. Anything you learned on that movie, on Brave, that you applied to working on Supergiant Robot Brothers? Well, absolutely. I mean, Brave was just a fantastic experience of all the new things that we were trying on that in animation, uh, even from a cinema, uh, cinematography point of view, where we had this much more dramatic theatrical lighting and, and moving away from the pastels into this very dark stage kind of lighting. So this is just a progression of that. Once I got in here with these tools um, that I have is how how can I push the tools to their limit? Because I'm I, I feel in animation... We always want to push, right? And, you know, Pixar is fantastic. They're creating tools. We can push up to, you know, up to the edge of the envelope. But now with the, the game engines, you know, and Unreal Engine specifically, I've got so many more tools I could push in so many more different areas. So I, I had fun finding where those breaking points were, right? Working within some of the limitations, but also finding the breaking points. And that's where you really get into discovery. And discovery makes everything just that much more uh, exciting and organic at the end of the day. Yeah, technology getting better and better, more complex, and you're right on, you're right with it with these projects that you've been a part of. And how would you honestly react if there were giant robots and kaijus that, that appeared on the earth? Well, how would you feel? Would you feel scared? Would you feel confident? What, what would be your emotions? Well, if it was shiny and thunder, I know by the end of the day, they defeat the kaiju and, and it'd be pretty fun to watch, right? I, I don't think I would be that worried, right? But if it was actual reality, right? I think everybody'd be crapping their britches. <laughs> well, we'd get through and then they'd go to you. You'd be the source. You'd be the go-to guy. You'd be on the news all the time. You do a lot with media, especially in the second episode. You'd be the go-to guy interviewed to talk about uh, as the expert at all this. Which would be That's right. That's right. As the, as the super giant robot kaiju expert, you know, Mark Andrews here on channel 18 million. Yes. <laughs> How do you honestly hope that what you're doing with this show is going to change the way we look at animation and we perceive animation and we use animation for, for television format? Well, I think animation has always uh, had this stigma of just being for children, right? Because of the type of characters and type of stories that they were told and, and frankly, just the way it looked. But I think as, as, as these technologies um, get, uh, faster, right? They, they, they can give the storyteller filmmakers, we no longer have that stigma, those limitations, right? 
this is shot like uh, any Michael Bay movie, you know, Transformers, yeah. even, even beyond, right? And so animation then just becomes another medium that can be for everybody, right? Because it's just as sophisticated, it's just as complex while retaining a simple kind of graphic animation look to, to let the audience in and just kind of be accepting of the tone and the world that, that you know, this story and, or any animation story is, right? It's that it's not live action. So I can let go a little bit more of my, you know, I have a little bit more willing suspension of disbelief, right, in animation. And therefore, the stories could get into me better and, uh, and be more effective. Mm. I can't wait to watch the rest of this season. I can't wait for people to check this out. Super Giant Robot Brothers this Thursday, August 4th on Netflix. Oscar winner Mark Andrews. Thank you. It was so great catching up with you. Thank you so much. You for too, being Jackson. Always a pleasure, buddy. For more, go to Twitter at LCJ Reviews, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That's where you get the LCJ Q&A podcast episodes and at lights-camera-jackson.com. Thank you for listening.